Hello wrestling fans, welcome to the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you follow and interact with us on our Twitter and Instagram at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-C. There he is. Hi, Michael. All right. (laughs) So, um, you know, make sure if you don't already, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Share us with a friend if they haven't listened to us before. Spread the word. We want as many listeners as we can possibly get. Well, at least I do. I don't know about some of these other guys. But uh, we do love our fans, and we do appreciate anybody who interacts with us. So uh, make sure you leave us a five-star review, comment on how you like the show, or just tweet at us, like I said, at Live Your Gimmick. Give us some suggestions for some of our segments. We do appreciate it. Anyway, if you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I'm the ringleader of this circus of Carney Smarks, which sometimes is in full here in full and sometimes is not tonight is a night that is not at least yet <laughs> i do have the always ready as will ever be michael how you doing sir i'm great and i'm here that's good i appreciate that we are missing kevin he was a late scratch he may pop in somewhere halfway through the episode so it'll be interesting to see if that happens or not uh but as of right now he is not with us he is uh off doing something we don't know we have no idea what he's I, doing i mean it it's, it's clearly not his wife's birthday because he wouldn't miss it for that. That's true. That's true. He would not miss so it. It must for that. be something really dire. Yes. I mean... <laughs> it must be something very important to keep him away. So, um... my guess is that like a bus fell on him or something and he's waiting for the firemen to come save him. That must be it. That must be it. But even then, he usually does the show from his phone anyway. So if he's just trapped in his car waiting on somebody to save him, he could just hop on and, and do the show with us, right? True. Unless he was trying to be considerate and didn't want everyone to hear the sirens. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. Good point. I mean, he is bad at muting, so. Exactly. Like, you hear ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. That's because he's, <laughs> he's titty fucking his mic with his jacket, so. <laughs> Right, exactly. So we'll see if he happens to pop in at some point in the show. If he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm sure Michael and I can soldier on without him and create some compelling content here for all of you to listen to. So, welcome to the show once again. Uh, Tonight's episode is going to be mostly about recapping the Elimination Chamber. Uh, We're going to go through the card, talk about the predictions that we made, see what we got right, see what we got wrong... And uh, kind of talk about how we like the show. And then at the end, we'll have a couple of things in our for or against segment. And then we'll wrap everything up. So short, sweet, put a little bow on it. Hopefully it won't take six hours to record this podcast tonight. But um, let's uh, let's start off with Elimination Chamber. So just overall, before we kind of go through the card, Michael, what, what did you think about the pay-per-view itself? Did you enjoy it? You know, thumbs up, thumbs... Well, I don't want to do the Dave Meltzer thing. Fuck that. Uh, would you give it a... Uh, <laughs> would you give it a positive review, negative review, somewhere in the middle? <laughs> I, I would say let's let's, let's go old, old school here. Right? Let's let's compare it to some soup. I I, I would say okay. it's like if you went and you stood in line and you were kind of like I don't know this place like it's very hit or miss. Sometimes the soup's really good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's just in the middle. I'd say this time the soup was pretty good. It was okay. it was nice, warm, thick, almost like a chowder, but not too much. It, it it tasted like it was fresh made that day. It didn't taste like it was you know day old or anything like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. All right, yeah, I you know I I would have to agree with you. Um, you know I'm not one for the soup analogy because I'm not a big soup 
uh, person, but it actually, I, th- I thought the show overall was good. It, it, it definitely, um, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, and I'll bring this up a little bit later, but I'm kind of liking WWE's new pay-per-view format. It, it kind of reminds me more about how the NXT shows are structured, and I think kind of overall it, it makes the shows a little bit better. But again, that's just that's just me. Um, I will say I thought that um, I, I thought I liked how they liked I, I liked how they structured the show. I was a little surprised that they started off with the number one contender, like the universal title number one contender elimination chamber, as opposed to mm. the to the world championship elimination chamber. But I guess it makes sense based off of how the show ended. So yeah, but let's let's start there. So we started with the number one contendership elimination chamber match. You got Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Jey Uso, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro. I, I thought overall this was a lot of fun. Um, it really came down to um, it came down to 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 Jay and Daniel after uh, Uso eliminated Cesaro. I, I really was hoping this would be more of a Cesaro coming out party, personally. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Brian, I think was the right guy to win it when it was all said and done. Uh, but but what do you think of the match overall? I thought it was like, like you said, it was a lot of fun. It has some great spots in it. I mean, personally, my favorite was when Omos rips the back of the chamber glass like wall out so AJ can run around and get into the ring to try to pin all the people that Randy Orton laid out. Right. Yeah, that was that was crazy. So, I mean, and it was just really, I mean, the, almost, I mean, that, that dude is just a freaking monster. I mean, he yeah. really is. There, There's not much else you can say about the guy. Like, he is just on another level. Um, it's almost like they're booking him the way they should have booked Braun Strowman. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, man, Braun. Instead they're like, okay, Braun, you're going to go choo and run people over. Uh, well, this guy's just silent, ripping things apart and carrying people around by their heads. So <laughs> I, I, one might be a little more threatening than the other. Just saying. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. I thought it was good, and and man, then the match that followed after between Brian and uh, Roman was, I mean, oh, even though it was short, shit. I mean, you really thought for a second there when Brian locked on that LaBelle lock, man, that 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 was over. It was going to happen, and then you know he, you know, Roman eventually got out of it and just pummeled the shit out of him. But wow, that was just oh, for yeah. a short match. Such a such a good story to tell. Right when he went for that spear and instantly it got reversed into the bell lock, I I was I was shocked. I'm like, holy shit! Is this does Debra have a chance here? Are we actually going right. to see this? And so like it, it was, they did a great job of of doing it in a way where it didn't completely shit on Dana Bryan for the fact that you know, oh well, obviously Edge versus Roman is going to be the main event at Mania, so why would he win? and kind of killing his momentum instead of like, no, we're gonna make him look like he he's fucking legit mm-hmm. while still doing that other story. Yeah. Yeah, it, definitely. And, and I still think there's something to be said with, with Brian being in that story some way, shape or form. I mean, I, it's probably gonna end up being a singles match, but maybe Brian gets that, that shot at uh, fast lane as just, kind of an extra little thing. And, and this is just spitballing because, you know, we record on Friday nights. Most of the time I don't get a chance to watch SmackDown before we record. So, you know, there, there's a chance maybe something happened that, that could kind of shed a little bit more light on that. But really not sure if I'm being 100% honest with you. But, um, 
you know, but yeah, overall, I thought it was phenomenal. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't rated the best match on the card by far, but it, it definitely, I think, told a great story and, and got you, got you where you needed to get to. That's okay. I realized that I uh, I, I mentioned the wrong chamber match in my my excitement. Oh, you said you're talking about. Randy I talked about Orton. the raw one, not not this one. Um, that's what happens when you have two you know, chamber matches. I, I wondered for a second because you said which. Randy Orton. I was like, I'm just going to gloss over that. I don't know what he. I yeah, think you, he you didn't correct me, so I didn't think anything <laughs> up until just now. I was sitting there thinking while you're talking. I'm like, wait, AJ's on Raw. Randy's on Raw. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. I, I will. I, I loved the uh, like all the interactions of Sami Zayn. During the SmackDown yeah, chamber, yeah, though, Sammy the was fact that hilarious. everyone bullied his poor bitch ass in that fucking chamber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sammy was on a and different level. And then when Sarah went in after him from the other level, other side that he wasn't holding shut, that, right. that just was that was perfect. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And, and it, it it told a, a more comical part of the elimination chamber too and it just it was a little bit mm-hmm. of a let up which was nice to to what was going on but yeah overall yeah i can't believe i glossed over all that so um yeah. <laughs> boy we know what we're doing here um but yeah i mean it, you know it, i think um i think it coming down to jay and brian was the right way to go too because when you have jay in there you know, you talk, we talked about it last week and you, you kind of predicted that Jay would win it and, and kind of create that story. And you almost had that for a minute there, mm-hmm. but Brian did a really good job selling the knee and kind of overcame it and came out on top. Prediction wise, we were, uh, to universal contender. I said, Cesaro, you said Jay and Kevin said, KO, all of us were wrong. So obviously we got the next match wrong because <laughs> they they didn't face. First off, I get like a half a credit because I still predicted the Edge would come out and attack Roman. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. You did get a half a credit for that. So he may not have he may have attacked him before the match and caused Jay to win, but he still attacked him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we were a little bit off on this one because it was supposed to be Bobby Lashley, Riddle, uh, and and Keith Lee for the United States Championship, but Keith Lee was not able to compete, so instead of just making it a one-on-one match, insert John Morrison. John Morrison won the right on the pre-show to be a part of the match, beating a couple of guys. I think he beat, um, who was it? Um, Oh, man, I'm blanking now. Who did I didn't he? watch the pre-show. I, I didn't, I didn't watch it either. I just remember them showing it, uh, and, I, and I was like, thinking... In the, when he was in the match, I was actually kind of surprised that he was the one who won it. But, all right, so good for John Morrison. He gets himself in the match. I thought this match was okay. It wasn't the greatest, in my opinion. Um, Riddle and Lashley looked good, but Morrison seemed kind of lost out there. And I thought yeah. it was because he was thrown in the match last minute. So I think maybe the chemistry wasn't there. But then again... Yeah. It was kind of the same on Raw. If you watched his match with R- Riddle on Raw, he just seemed like he's, I don't know if he's off a step or, you know, I, I don't know. It just something seemed, he wasn't his normal crisp self, especially when doing kind yeah. of some of the parkour moves. Did, did you feel the same way? Oh, yeah. There was a lot, a lot of, like, missteps. Like, things didn't look quite as, as pretty as they normally would when he's uh, out there doing his, like, hardcore parkour style. Yeah, and 
I don't know. It, it just something seemed kind of off about it. Again, match wasn't too bad, and it got better towards the end. And, you know, Lashley, I think not being a part of the pinfall helped him, you know, stay safe and be protected. And I got to say, I was right. I said it would be Keith Lee if he was in it, but Riddle, if he wasn't, it was Riddle. And uh, he ended up um, becoming the United States champion to get it off of Lashley so he could challenge for the WWE title. This guy right here, the booking power. (laughs) Scoops Roberts over here. I got got the right scoop on that one. (laughs) Jesus. All right, so moving on from that, then we had the Women's Tag Team Championship match. We had Nia and Shayna going up against Bianca and Sasha Banks. What did you think about this one? Uh, it was kind of just what I expected. It, it didn't really hold my interest too much. I, I'm not going to lie, at that point in the pay-per-view, it was getting pretty late because I didn't watch it live, so I was kind of skimming through just because I'm like, I don't care about this story. I don't. I don't care about them being BFFs and taking on the tag championships. Like Bianca Belair won the motherfucking Royal Rumble. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Right. Right. No. I. I... And, and this weird angle where Sasha's flirting with Carmella's wine dealer. Like, yeah. What the I, fuck I don't know what's going on? on with that. That 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 is really weird because it, it's just so off the wall. I, I yeah I I don't I don't know. It's I don't more weird it. than than the the Lacey Evans knocking boots with Ric Flair like yeah yeah it, it, like that at least like has some entertainment value because it's Ric Flair and he's yeah. just a horny old man who is a part a big party nature boy at all times. But this whole like Sasha being like oh yeah come here wine boy like I don't know this is weird. Yeah, but then rejecting him at the same time too. So yeah, it, it, it like, is. She's got to make him work for it, you know. Can't right. just can't That's just give it, give it to him. He's got he's got to earn it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. She's WWE champion, goddamn it, Jason. You don't just get to get to get with her. Good point. You make a good point. Yeah, it was it was a weird match all the way around. It. Um, you know, and I, I'm cool with the the outcome. You know, we had we had Jackson Baszler won, and I think all of us predicted that, so we were we were pretty much right on. They just have so many other stories to tell right now. They they basically have a challenger on every show at the moment, so you know it makes sense for them to win it. I'm I'm really looking forward to the Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez going up against those two. And they've already started to tell that story on NXT. Did, did you see the video package on NXT? I know you said you watched a little bit of NXT. They played a video package where they, they basically said exactly what I did with the long-term storytelling. They, um, you know, they, they started to tell that story of Shayna and Dakota. And, you know, Shayna even said, oh, now she's got the muscle, so she thinks she's all that and, and stuff. So I, they, they really leaned into that and had a whole package design around it. So I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm hoping that ends up being WrestleMania weekend worthy. And not it's actually just supposed away. To, it's actually supposed to happen on like a special episode of NXT coming up in March. Because I think they're doing something to offset Revolution, maybe. Maybe it's the same week or the week after or something like that. Um, yeah, they have like a special uh, NXT show and, and they're doing that match on there. I don't think they're doing a WrestleMania weekend NXT, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but it seems well, like... you don't have to do the WrestleMania weekend NXT, but you'd still have NXT people show up on 
WrestleMania is that they're they're the third fucking brand. They're not yeah, like know, this developmental right. like YouTube channel anymore. Like you can't put them on USA and treat them like a third brand and then exclude them from the biggest fucking show of the year. You're right. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And WrestleMania is two nights, so it stands to reason that they should be able to get a couple NXT matches, like an NXT title match, or you know, or or that tag match. It 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 could be on a big stage like that. You never know. Uh, but yeah, it seemed like it seemed like it was gonna be. I could be wrong. Maybe I I misread it or I saw it wrong. I know I was kind of tired the other night when I was watching NXT, so maybe maybe I'm off. But it, it seemed to me like it was gonna happen in a couple weeks on on an NXT show. But at the same time, though, if you're trying to pull ratings to NXT, billing that match a couple weeks in advance is is a good ratings pull. I mean, you're gonna get people that are gonna tune in to see that. I know I would tune in to see it. I base like I, I watch NXT and AEW every week on Wednesday. And normally I will watch it based off of which show has the better compelling story. Like that's what I'll watch first. So like, for instance, this week I was, okay, what am I going to watch first? Oh, Adam Cole, NXT, I'm tuning in there and then I'll watch AEW after. That's, that's generally my line of thought when I go into watching those shows. And you know, that, that's just, that's what pulled me this week. But every now and again, there's something on AEW that'll pull me like Eddie Kingston or something like that. Or like if Moxley's in the main event or there's some storyline, you know, with, um, you know, Darby Allen or, or Jericho or something like that, you know, there might be something that'll pull my direction that way. Or for a while their NXT was kind of shit. There wasn't really anything good going on. <laughs> now it seems like everything, everybody was injured. Yeah. Now it seems like everybody, everything's good going on on NXT. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, all right, so we got that one right. So the only other match that happened was the WWE Championship Chamber match. I will be honest, I did kind of doze off a little bit during this. Like you, I watched it really late, but I woke up in perfect time to see the end and to see what happened in the aftermath. Uh, but I did kind of miss a little bit in the middle there. <laughs> but you said there's a point where Randy basically just took everybody out. So, yeah. So Randy gets eliminated and he gets pissed off. So he just starts RKOing uh, everybody. So I think he, he lays out Kofi Kingston and oh, there was someone else who he laid Hardy, out. maybe. Out in the middle of the ring. I get him out of the ring. Hardy, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. him and Hardy started the, the whole thing. So he RKO's them both. They're both laid out. And AJ starts yelling at Omos, like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Which at first I'm like, is he afraid of Randy? Like, you're in a fucking glass case. What the? And then he, like, it, it hit me a, a few seconds later because he rips, the, Omos rips the back of the, the chamber that he's in out. He runs around. As Randy's walking out, he, like, kind of stops, like, whoa. And Randy pieces out. He runs in and starts trying to pin everybody since they're all laid out trying to get eliminations. Um, so it was, it was really funny. Uh, it, it, it was a little weird though. Cause it's in that murky area where it's like, okay, so there's not really any rules, but was he legally in the match at that point? Or is it just, you're always legally in the match, but you're just not able to do anything until your chain, until you're released from your chamber. Right. Yeah. It's kind of weird how they do that. It, 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 it there isn't really a set of, Mm-hmm. rules for that for some for some reason i mean there is but they're they they, they tend well they're to just they're, they're very well they're, they're they're very vague nothing in the, the like initial rules for the chamber strictly say you're not the illegal competitor until you are entered in the match 
So, I mean... And I don't know why. I, I, I was I in... I was, fine. Maybe I'm confusing the chamber with something else, but I was under the impression that you couldn't... Uh, falls didn't start to count until everybody was out of their pod. But maybe I'm conf- maybe I'm thinking war games. That's I think that's. War I think games. you're thinking war games. Yeah, because yeah, okay. that was never a okay. thing. Because you could you could eliminate people at any point in time in the chamber. Because the idea was that you wanted to try to eliminate the guy if you were number one and you wanted to eliminate number two, so that way you could take on everybody one at a time versus having to just beat the shit out of people for an hour waiting for the last person to come out. Yeah. So it looks like Orton got eliminated first, and then uh, mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston was eliminated by Sheamus. And then um, looks like McIntyre eliminated Hardy, and then Styles eliminated Sheamus, and then McIntyre must have eliminated Styles then to get the win. And oh, then, did you not see how that ended? Huh? I, I think I missed that last part. Yeah, like I oh, said, I was, was kind of out of it. So him and AJ are going are going at it. Um, Drew is selling the beat down from Sheamus really well. AJ goes for a phenomenal forearm, and. Drew pops up and hits him for Claymore midair. Okay, I think that's lays his ass out. I think that's right about the time I was starting to come to. Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah. I do that. That is familiar now. Wow, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was good. And and, and you know, and I I was kind of disappointed. And I I've wanted to go back and rewatch the match because I was just so freaking dog tired. But I'm glad I woke up when I did because my prediction came to fruition when Bobby Lashley showed up destroyed Drew McIntyre, and then your prediction came to fruition when the Miz's music hit, he came in, cashed in the money in the bank. McIntyre kind of had a little bit of a some offense. He kicked out a little bit, but he, you know, from the, the first, I think, the DDT that Miz hit. DDT, yeah. But then he hit the skull-crushing finale, and one, two, three. A decade after his first title reign, the Miz is once again WWE champion. What did you think of that? I was super excited when, when Drew's sitting there and he's like holding the championship and the chamber starts lifting. I'm like, something's gonna happen. Yeah, it has to because they don't. They've never done that where the, the if while the champion's celebrating that the chamber lifts. They're usually celebrating. There's confetti falling into the chamber and making it so some poor person who has to clean it all up later has extra work to do. So like the fact that the chamber started to lift, I'm like, okay. What's gonna happen? Who who's who's attacking him? Is it? It's clearly not Edge because Edge has already made it very very clear that he is going to be taking on Roman Reigns unless they decide to try to swerve us and be like, nope, he's also gonna take on Drew McIntyre. He's gonna unify the championships. Um, <laughs> but so that yeah, when Bobby Lashley came out, I'm like, oh, this is weird. And then I'm like sitting there thinking about, it, I'm like, well, I guess this makes sense because Miz was having that little like powwow with uh with mvp uh MV- mvp earlier mm-hmm. in the night um so then miz came down and i'm like yes fucking get him and and mcintyre kicked out I'm like no <laughs> no <laughs> so finally after the skull crushing finale when he got him i was like thank fucking god i'm so happy i i will say i feel like the the powwow with mvp if I feel like they should have not done that. Like I get that they wanted to, you know, plant the seeds for that story. Yeah. But maybe do do that during the pre show, not a match before the main event. Right. Because at that point, the second the chamber started coming up, it's like, okay, obviously something's gonna happen. 
with either her business or with Miz. Yeah. And it was just a matter of which, and then it ended up being both, and it's like fucking awesome. Right. So yeah, I'm excited as hell. However, that leads me into my new theory, which makes me sad. Okay. And that is that Bobby Lashley is going to beat. Well, he's going to challenge Miz. I think it's supposed to be this upcoming Monday. Yes. On yeah, Raw. This upcoming Monday. Some, there's going to be some sort of interference or something, and it's going to get thrown out. But then they're going to have a match at Fastlane. Bobby wins against Miz at Fastlane. Okay. And then Brock Lesnar returns to face Bobby Lashley at Mania for the championship. Yeah, I can see that. And and that... That's one and then way. you have champion versus champion of Roman versus Brock for the custody of Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that that's definitely a possibility, and and that's been thrown out there. I can also see it being I, so. I can see it going a couple of ways. First, I could see it being Lashley and Drew. I could see it being Miz and Drew. Maybe Lashley's out of there after Elimination Chamber. I could see it being a triple threat between the three of them, or I could even see it being a fatal four-way throwing Braun Strowman in there, or, Ugh. or like you know they could do like a six-pack or five-pack and even throw AJ in there. There's so or even oh, Shane. I, mean, I know there's so many I different know. possibilities. A gauntlet? they could do a six-man ladder match. <laughs> oh, there you go. Like they used to like because they used to every year like for a while yeah, there they, they were how... doing it for the Intercontinental or the U.S. title. The yeah. card title was the the ladder match for a few years there. So do that for this match. Yeah, that could be a possibility. So I I, I mean there's so and then they could have Matt Cardona come in and he wins <laughs> it and his dad comes out and they both wear cowboy hats together and then they run off to to Impact. <laughs> And that starts the WWE Impact uh, In- invasion. <laughs> yep. And then 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 Shane McMahon shows up on Impact, going, "Well, it says McMahon, but it's not Vince McMahon." <laughs> that would be one fucking swerve, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Hey, a little shout out to you know we always talk about how WWE can't do long term storytelling. Uh, flashback to. Back when there was still no crowd, very early in the pandemic, actually right around this time last year, when Drew McIntyre was on the MVP's uh, VIP lounge. Mm -hmm. And remember when MVP told him that if you become WWE champion, I will do whatever, like whenever you lose that title, it'll be because of me. Oh, damn. Yeah, right? Like Holy he, shit! Right, that's some fucking mega powers explosion level long term booking. Right, and then you know, here you go, uh, you know, about a year later. Or I guess it wasn't quite a year, but you know, you're, so I many mean, months it was, later, it's pretty close. Yeah, so many months later, and you have MVP finally getting his comeuppance and costing McIntyre the world title. So there's a story to be told there too. There's so many, I, and I think that's what's making Raw a little bit more compelling. Is there's so many different ways that you can go now with this match with the championship and Miz just kind of throws a monkey wrench in all of it because he's almost like in a way he's almost the 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 island of misfit toys he's the guy that doesn't belong in the picture right when you look at McIntyre Lashley and even Strowman I mean these guys are huge guys and then you just have you know, average. I mean, Miz is a big guy, but compared to those guys, he he, he almost looks average, right? If if you and I yeah, were standing I mean, next to Miz, he would be you know 
he would be He'd a big be just guy. a slightly better shape guy compared to us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I love the Miz and I, I really hope that that he has a, a good run with the title. You know, and I, I hope he had a better run the last time he had it. And, you know, he's he's worked so fucking hard. You, you really can't deny the level of the amount of time that this guy's put in to his promo work, to his, you know, in-ring work. The whole nine yards. I mean, he's a complete package. He can deliver the promo. He can deliver in the ring. Yeah, he's not doing the tope suicidas and the crazy moves and different things like that, but he doesn't have to because his character is what propels him and what gets him over and gets him through it. I mean, he's just like your he's he's your ace utility player, right? I mean, he's he's that you know, he's that guy that you don't expect anything out of, but he delivers every single time that he's in there. So, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about the Miz, and not just because he's from Cleveland and, you know, he's also a Browns fan and whatever, but I've, I've always had a soft spot for the Miz because I remember watching him on The Real World way back in the day, and when he started creating this character, I was like, oh, I mean, he's a, re-, you know what I mean? Like, you connect with somebody on that level because you, 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 you know what it's like, you know, you're, you're that wrestling yeah. fan. You're kind of that, that misfit. You're the, you know, the, a little bit of an outcast or whatever. And, you know, he, he turned it into an entire career. So I got nothing, nothing but respect for him. But, um, but yeah. So a, anything else on elimination chamber before we move on? Um, not that I can really think of. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can't really think of anything either. I mean, it was it was overall a good show. It wasn't the best, you know. Some of the some of the off uh, chamber matches were were okay, um, but the the two chamber matches I think really sealed it. And I think Edge coming out at the you know the end of the one and setting up that WrestleMania match, and then then you had what happened with the Miz at the end there. I think that really made the show. You know, it, it's it really anything that happens between the Royal Rumble and now is just building the WrestleMania anyway. So all yeah. these pay-per-view shows, you know, fast lane elimination chamber and even the raw SmackDown, everything that follows like it, it literally is just one big build up to WrestleMania. So I, I always kind of enjoy the ride this time of year. I don't really have high expectations for shows like this, but I really think this one delivered. So yeah, I, normally I, I'm uh, like very against the fact that Elimination Chamber comes right after the Rumble, just because I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously one champion is going to be tied up in the Royal Rumble winners thing, and the other championships is not going to be paid attention to because it has nothing to do with the Royal Rumble winner. Yeah. So it's not going to matter what happens in this chamber. But they, they, they changed my mind. Like, that was really well done. If they do shit like that, like going forward with the Elimination Chamber, I actually will enjoy the pay-per-view significantly more because it feels like now anything could potentially happen i mean grand yeah we we did kind of predict the stuff but it wasn't like a oh we know this is going to happen it was more of a like this is what we we'd like to see happen this is what we think should happen kind of thing yeah it was Um, just a fantasy book type thing like we yeah it it wasn't it wasn't like a oh well this obviously the miz is going to cash in on sunday and obviously edge is going to attack roman reigns to set up mania i mean i guess in theory the Edge one probably was a little more obvious just because they'd, you know, beaten us over the head with the fact that Edge was showing up more and more of Roman Reigns than any other champion. But it was the stuff of Daniel Bryan is what kind of threw that into a, a different loop than what we expected. Yeah. And I, I really liked it. It was a nice touch, too, with Edge putting his hands behind his back after he speared him and whispering mm-hmm. in his ear, similar to what Roman did to him on SmackDown. I, I thought that was a nice touch. I'll, 
they, they tied yeah. that back and just an overall story that that edge can tell i i'm really looking forward to that match i think um, out of sorry do you like my i'm just i'm just i'm just saying well, i didn't sign up for no only fans jason you need to keep that camera above the waist <laughs> i was grabbing my drink behind my computer so i had to shut the laptop so Man. i'm not i'm not putting this out there yet i'm still waiting on you to design a uh, a layout for me so well now i'm a little concerned of what, if i want to because if we're gonna be putting some some x-rated content on the internet <laughs> i better be getting paid for it no no nothing like that nobody wants to see that all right um yeah overall you know, like, like you said if they if they do it more like that the elimination chamber i think will be a good show and i'm curious to see what what leads into even fast lane to kind of see how the, those stories are going to be be further told but like i was saying before you know you I interrupted you by moving my camera. I, I think Edge and Roman is the right way to go because I think I think they're going to tell such a good story and it's going to be oh, such yeah. a good build leading up to it. I, I'm excited for it. And, and Roman is just on a different level. Edge is you know revitalizing his career and, and just making everything better. So that that's going to be the best story going into. I, I won't. I'll be shocked if that's if that match doesn't close the night two of WrestleMania. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It it has to. There's no way between the fact that one, it's Roman Reigns, and they've had a hard on for him for years. But now the fact that people actually want to see him in the main event, right, <laughs> kind of cements that in my my opinion that he will end the the second night of Mania. I'm just curious if the World Championship gets to end night one, or if Randy versus Fiend ends night one. Yeah, I'd be curious. And 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 correct me if I'm wrong too, but there was no Fiend at elimination chamber no, right and there was there nothing was no no fiend showed up nothing it, yeah like, so they didn't continue that story until monday when uh orton started uh coughing up that black he, shit he, yeah he yeah. showed us that he likes to spit not swallow yeah. so <laughs> yeah that was that was a little weird it, it reminded people of uh papa shango and the ultimate warrior back in the day when oh, stuff yeah. just started dripping out of his head um, Except for didn't didn't Warrior look like he was vomiting? Where Orton just looked like he like swallowed a black crayon and it was seeping out of his mouth. Yeah, there, I, there was the one time that Warrior was vomiting, but then there was another time where he was just standing at the podium and like stuff started like dri- dripping out of his. Oh hair. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, now. yeah. Speaking of old segments being revitalized, and this is before. Did you happen to catch Cameron Grimes on NXT? Mm-mm. Oh my god, dude! Cameron Grimes has this new gimmick. I don't know if it stemmed from like he wanna he got a bunch of money playing the stock market with GameStop or something. Like, I don't know. I did like, hear that that he was he was basically becoming the the GameStop Reddit meme character. Yeah, like he yes. was he was like I, Diamond Hands. I won. I'm going to the moon. Yes, exactly. So he's they're shown backstage on NXT watching the old clip of the Million Dollar Man kicking the basketball away or like uh, the million dollar man with the basketball with the little kid where he like kicks the basketball away, but he's just watching the beginning of the video and he's like, Oh, I I'm better than the million dollar man. I can do this. So he has a basketball in his hand. He goes up to one of the guys that's like a production guy. And he's like, I'll give you a thousand dollars. You dribble this basketball. So the, the dude dribbles the basketball and he gets to, and Cameron just like counts it to 10 and he goes, Oh, 
what and he he gives the guy the thousand dollars and the guy goes that's that's why the million dollar man kicked the ball away at the end and he's like he's like oh that damn million dollar man I'm better than him blah blah you'll see and I'll show him so then he storms off and then later on in the night they show him at a basketball court and there's some really athletic people and there's so there's oh, a guy wow. there's a guy and two girls so there's like kind of like a like almost like a Serena Williams looking girl in the middle. And then there's like this little petite, like blonde white girl. So he picks the Serena Williams looking woman to, to, to do this challenge with. And then he rears back to try to kick the ball and she dribbles it between her legs and he misses. So then she gets his thousand dollars and, uh, you know, that she said something about, well, that's why the million dollar man chose a little kid or something like that. And then he, then he throws a fit again. He's like, I'm so much better than, but, but anyway, just so entertaining. So good. He, the, the thing that they did with him on takeover was, was brilliant. And then just kind of continue on with the storyline. He's driving around in a freaking Lamborghini with his fucking shirt. You know, he's wearing a, a vet, like a, um, a suit jacket with his, freaking hairy chest sticking out he's still wearing the the top hat i mean just 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 great stuff i'm i'm really loving cameron grimes right now <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and watch some of it because i'd seen some of it but i hadn't seen that that's funny yeah if that was a part of four or against i would totally be for the new cameron grimes character <laughs> all right so speaking of four or against i do have a few things that we can wrap up with here uh just to kind of end the show so I put together a few, and I, I think you said you had one. So I'm curious to see what the what yours is going to be, if you remember. But um, you know, so basically, this first one kind of ties into what I talked about: elimination chamber, small card, uh, kind of NXT style in a way. It was actually the shortest pay per view to date for WWE, and probably like the last like five years. It was only two and a half hours long, for or against shorter pay per view events. I'm I'm very very much on the fence. I'm I'm for it in the sense that I can't do 8-hour WrestleManias. That's just too much. Right. But I'm against it because I feel like we miss out on some of those mid-card <clears throat> payoffs for stories that we're really into, but it also gets rid of some of the fluff, so it's I guess in the end I'm for it as long as it's, you know, not taking away from the product. I agree with you there. So I am for it only because I like the smaller cards. To me, the NXT cards are so compelling for takeovers because every match on the show means something. Every match on the show has a storyline. We don't just have people on there collecting a paycheck. And I, I think mm -hmm. for me, I I enjoy that more because really, I think part of the part of the problem, I think, with wrestling and, and some guys have brought this up, too, is that you, you don't have guys that are really hungry anymore, maybe, in a way. So I think having that shorter format and making it mean more might increase the appetites of some of these guys, that they want that pay-per-view time, they want that spotlight, so they're going to go after it more, maybe. I, I don't know. I just think that overall it, it's good for the product when you're just putting your best out there for these big events. Leave leave the fluff stuff for Raw and SmackDown and you know the NXT show, but on the the pay per view events, let's let's either propel a storyline or close a storyline, not just have people out there to be out there. We say that, but then we got Nia Jackson and Baszler versus 
You're right. Sasha I, I, and, and, and yeah, so I mean, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that which propelled literally nothing. It was a road bump in the story of going back to NXT. Like, it, yeah. it really didn't have any purpose. I think in a way, though, it might be building a little bit to Sasha and Bianca, though, because Bianca still hasn't officially made a decision. And again, more to, we have not watched SmackDown, so if that has happened, but you know, there she hasn't officially made the decision yet, so maybe they're they're still building that. But it, yeah, it it just wasn't the greatest, and there wasn't that that one was more forced. I think they had a couple other stories they could have put a match together with. Yeah. Other than that one, and they could have saved that for SmackDown the next next Friday instead of having yeah. it on, or even done chamber. it, you know, last SmackDown, right before right. the before the chamber. All right, and again, we're talking a lot more WWE this week, just because um, you know, with the pay per view, we'll we'll be talking more AEW next week because. Uh, Revolution is coming up next Saturday, so we'll be previewing that. Uh, so, you know, anybody that's an AEW fan, you know, we will be talking a little bit more AEW in the next next couple coming weeks. But I do have a couple AEW questions in for or against. Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, is now all elite for or against? Uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm indifferent. Like, his role of, like potentially being in ring but primarily being on their youtube show as commentator does nothing for me um i mean good for him for finding work since we didn't want to pay him a bunch of money to to sit at home so i it just i don't know it does it doesn't do anything for me but i'm not like fuck you for taking big show from weeks and it's like who gives a shit as long as yeah as long as they like they don't just like pay him to, to sit on his couch or use him to fight Shaq or something like I'm fine. And and that's a lot of people went there immediately because Cody is getting that chance to fight Shaq. So it was AEW finally going to get to do what WWE couldn't and put them together. Yeah. You know, I, I saw someone make the joke of big show wanted to fight Shaq so much that he jumped shit to <laughs> AEW. <Yeah. laughs> and, and for me, I I'm for it for the guy, Paul white. I, I mean, obviously he is a huge and I think for AW in general, he can be a big locker room influence for them. He could really kind of help. Yeah, he could, set he the could tone. teach them how to switch from heel to face on a dime. Right. Like, yeah, it's great exactly. For them. Yeah, it could be great for them. Definitely. Uh, you know, it, it is weird for him to be in a commentator role, though. Maybe that's something he wanted to transition into in WWE. But Vince is really weird about commentators being taller than the wrestlers or whatever. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, in his defense, they would have had to pay a lot of money to reinforce those shares. That's true. That's very true. So, so maybe. For... And like, he, he literally would have just like had his arm on Michael Cole's head for two hours. <laughs> and then Michael Cole would have had back problems that they would have had to pay for. Right. So it would have just been like a never ending thing. Yeah. And, and, and you no, know, I, this is a coup for AEW in a way, but man, he is so, I mean, his best years are so far behind him. I, I don't know if him being really in an in-ring capacity is something that they really need. Because it, it's, not, I mean, they already have, you know, guys like Sting or, and, you know, guys like even Jericho that, that have been doing it for a long time. So to add another guy like that, it just seems to me like he, in-ring, it, what's up? You pause. I, I figured out why, I figured out why they, they signed him. Why? Cody Rhodes is so obsessed with just recreating everything WWE has ever done that was like a major thing. So he is going to have Big Show come out and have a 
match with him so he can slam him like Hogan did with Andre. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's as impressive anymore because show's lost so much weight. He's almost skinnier well, than and Cody. And I'm pretty sure that like they've had people like John Cena lift Big Show over their head right. multiple times. So that whole that whole shtick doesn't fly like it did 40 years ago when Hogan did it. There, it. It was more just funny because the fact that you know Cody came off the sledgehammer like Triple H, and you know he's he's boss man like Triple H. He 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 like like they do all these things. That it's like, well, that was that was WWE, that was WCW. Oh, that was that was WF. I would have thought so it was like, I would have thought they would have paired up Big Show with like Lance Archer, and they would have done the collapse the ring spot with a superplex. Maybe uh, <laughs> the only problem with that is I I would be fearful for for Big Show's well being because they aren't very good at their worked spots when it comes to that kind of stuff i mean we've seen hardy have his head nearly decapitated we've seen him bounce his head off concrete because the table like they were too close to the tables for that jumping off the scaffolding spot so i don't know if i would trust that that ring one would break or two it wouldn't break and cripple big show so (laughs) i'd rather not go down that route i was already i was already cringing when when sting took that power bomb and like he didn't even take it well so it it I don't need hey, to see Big he, Show. He showed up on on Wednesday and he was looking good though. So and he 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 fought him off and he got some offense in on Brian Cage. He hit the stinger splash. He hit him with the stor- scorpion death drop. He played all the greatest hits. Even I mean painkillers are a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> he was actually kind of. I don't know if you saw or you said he didn't really watch AEW this week, but you know they they played this whole thing because uh, a couple of weeks ago they dragged Darby Allen off in like a, um, a, body, in a body bag. bag. I saw, yeah, yeah. I drove. Away I did with see him. that spot you're talking about where like he came out of the body bag and then Sting brought a body bag down to the ring and it wasn't him and he yeah. came down on the the thing the being line, fucking yeah. discount Sting even yeah. more than he already is. Yeah, it was kind of cool though. Yeah, he had a hook uh, has a son in the body bag, so I thought mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a cool spot. I, I still don't, I'm curious to see how that match is going to go. And, you know, it, it is kind of weird that he's teaming up with Darby Allen, but hey, whatever. I mean, Sting is going to wrestle. Kmart Sting. Again, so. Or no, it was Save a Lot Sting. Save a Lot right. Sting, yeah. yeah. Save a Lot Sting. I, I think they put them together on purpose just because we 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 named him that. Didn't we name him that, like, the week before Sting, like, it was, showed up? Yeah, like, it was a couple weeks before, yeah. And, yeah, like, know. it was, it was like, eerie, like, how quickly that uh, came yeah. to fruition. I, hey, man, we, we have some listeners in Atlanta, according to our analytics, so you, you never know. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta? They're in Florida. Yeah, but Cody lives in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there were some in Florida, too, though. Anyway, um... So moving on from that, uh, let's see what else I got here. Uh, sticking with AEW, so Mox and Omega had some some back and forth promo. Moxley basically opened the show by beating the shit out of Dolph Ziggler's brother, and then uh, he he put a chair in the middle of the ring, sat down, cut a you know another really good Mox promo. I will say one thing. His promos on his own way better than anything he's he ever did in WWE. So I I get where maybe some of his frustration lied because he's one of those guys, if you give him a microphone, he'll go out there and say something compelling. He might say something wildly personal about his life, like he likes to have sex in the morning, but 
or that you know, which is is why he wasn't allowed to do that in WWE because yeah. <laughs> you've got a PG publicly traded That's company. True, right? you, you can't just come out there and be like, "I fuck my wife every morning." Yeah. It's great. I like Let's to do fuck, this. Like, I like to have sex in the morning because it's a good way to start your day. I mean, that's a. I mean, it's a great promo, but it's yeah. a great line, but it's definitely not a WWE friendly line. So or or when he just he was, or when he just randomly announced to the world that his wife was pregnant before they told anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, he he has that ability to cut a really killer promo. Um, but you know, he he cut a really good promo, and it, it kind of led me to think, you know, I'm trying to call this match right. You got Omega, who you know, basically they used him winning that title to un- unify the whole thing with Impact Wrestling. So you know, is is this going to be a thing? You know, is Omega going to do you think keep the title? Or do you think it flips back to Moxley? So I get—I guess my four or against with this one would be Moxley winning the title back at Revolution. I mean, I'm against it just because I'm not a John Moxley fan, regardless. But I, based on because I did catch part of his promo of him sitting with the chair backwards, like he's some cool '80s uh, guy in a movie. Uh, and <laughs> it, it, Johnny, it, Johnny Lawrence, basically. <laughs> it it, it kind of came off as if like a. a almost like a farewell speech kind of thing. It felt. Yeah. He has a line yeah. in there where he says something like, it's a good way to go out, which makes you think he's going to be taking time off to go spend time with his pregnant wife that he decided to widely announce before she could tell anybody about it. Um, yeah. So I have a feeling that this is going to be the match that writes him off TV for a little bit. So that way they can get settled in and do their stuff. And cause with everything with the bullet club stuff and, impact and new japan and all this stuff that that he's involved i can't imagine omega losing the title already like it just it would seem kind of anticlimactic it seems like it would take away from the whole purpose of that story to be like oh great now he has to face moxley again to get his title back like it just it wouldn't progress any of the stuff they've been building up for that no, I, I don't disagree with you. It was just kind of weird because I almost thought, well, maybe he's kind of throwing you off because it seems early for him to just disappear because Renee's not due for, I mean, she's she's not even halfway through her pregnancy yet. So it's going to be a while before, you know, he would need yeah, to be Yeah, but you also have to think, like, look, look at Rollins. Rollins was knee deep in a story and they had to kind of wrap that up and just throw it away because they got too close to... Uh, Becky's due date. Yeah, that's true. So it's better to have him leave five months early than get him involved in a story that may take more than that five months to wrap up and then have to short it and and take away from it. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, and he has some other ventures too because he still has to go against uh, um, Tom. Oh my gosh, Tom or is it Tommy? Can oh my god. I always confuse him, too, with what he was called in NXT. Hideo Tommy? Hideo Tommy. Yeah, Tommy, right. So he has that match coming up against him, and then he's also doing uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport as well. So he's he's got some other ventures outside of AEW that he, he he's going off to do. So maybe that's it. He's going to be off AEW, do his other thing, then he'll take some time off and come back for a little bit. So, yeah. you know, it... He may still have, like, a month or two before he's actually right. done and at home, but... Like this, at least will write him off of AEW television, so that way it's like, okay, 
he's done for. We don't have to worry about getting him involved in a story and then her going to labor early or you know, right. something happening and him having to leave and then it cut that short. Because while they they have no problem with you know breaking kayfabe and, and you know addressing real life problems in, in certain scenarios, you, you obviously want to avoid having to do that as much as possible. No, you're right, definitely. And then it's not like they need Moxley. It's not like we're a year or two ago when this all first started and Chris Jericho was carrying the company on the back and then to have him disappear like abruptly would have like killed the, the company. Right. And this got enough going for him that I don't think Moxley's going to really hurt them to go on. I mean, honestly, Hangman page could step right up in that role with Moxley oh, yeah. being out without, you know, without even missing a beat. So, all right. Um, moving on from that, uh, speaking of, I'll throw this one out there. Speaking of Hangman Adam Page, you know he he's kind of being highly coveted, right? He he was being recruited by Big Money Matt, being recruited by the Dark Order. It seems like he's the Dark Order is still sticking around, like they're 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 wanting him to join. Are you for or against him being a part of a faction? I'm against it. I I feel like with him, he does so great solo. He's a great storyteller. He doesn't need to be a sidekick in a, a big group, NWO style group. He, he can he can do it on his own. I feel like it creates better storytelling and it's more entertaining to see all of these people who want him and like are fighting for him and are thirsty for him, and him being like, "No, nah, I'm good." Um, yeah. Like I, I feel like it's 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 it makes him feel more valuable that you have all of these people bidding for his like you know uh, him being a part of their group for and then him not needing all any of those groups makes it even more valuable at that point because he can stand on his own let me let me ask you this to spit on real quick you you said him being a sidekick well the way i look at it with dark order is you know with brody gone they really don't have a leader right so what if that's what they're looking for hangman to be is that de facto leader and what if the dark order becomes I'm just spitballing here, but what if um, they all start kind of riding horses and kind of don that cowboy moniker? Oh they become God. kind of like a like a young gun style gang or something. You know what I mean? Like because the Dark Order adapts to who their leadership is. So what if we have Hangman Adam Page as the leader of Dark Order, which then spins into a cowboy gang? No. Oh come on! Oh, no, come no, on! No, no. So so here here's the a couple reasons because one, I feel like they've kind of so, pseudo made, uh, Brody's kid the leader. Negative one. Yeah, like I feel he's like they've the made him though. too much of a he he's they've made him almost a, too much of a prominent part of that group at this point to where I feel like they remove him. It's gonna be like oh, so you're just riding the high off of uh, his death to get ratings and get pop like. I feel like they like they either have to keep him around for a while, or they shouldn't have had him keep showing up after the fact. Um, so to have Hangman come in and, and be like, "Sorry, kid, this is my show now." I, uh, well, what if seems what, a little iffy. What what if Brody Junior or Negative One acknowledging that he can't be there every week because he's a kid and he has school, then says, "I give my blessing to Hangman Adam Page to be the new leader of Dark Order." I mean, they could easily do something like that to make it work, but I just really want 
a dark you just really want a cowboy cowboys. game. Yeah, I do. That's all you want. You, <laughs> you want a western to show up at, at, at AEW's doorstep. Uh, Dude, I just I still don't get behind it just because. That, can you imagine them doing like a stadium stampede match, and you got these guys on horseback dressed in like a black cloak with like their masks on, like black and purple with the masks on, like riding in the battle? Like I don't know, I just have that vision in my head, and I think it would be awesome. <laughs> Oh my god, no. And um, you have uh, fucking Johnny Hungy <laughs> flanking him on one side, and then, you know, you have the rest of the Dark Order, like Evil Uno, flanking him on the other. I, I don't know. I, I, just... I, I, I will get on board if one of the characters John Silver, is on Artie. a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> that would be John Silver. John Silver yeah. would be the one on the donkey. And you he... have one of them, like, they, they show up and they all have horses, and he just, like, shows up and he's like, I thought I ordered a horse, <laughs> and they're like, "Bro, that that's a donkey." Like, then I'll get behind it. I I, I would be okay with that. Okay. But I just I don't feel like Hangman Page. He he doesn't come off as a guy who wants to lead a group. So I feel right. like then you'd just be doing storytelling of him being like, "Oh yeah, I don't fucking know. Do whatever you guys want." And there's like, we don't know what we want. That's what you're here for. Yeah, and, and I think this, that would be entertaining. This never as well. ending, like. <laughs> circle of just like it, i don't know it just i you you're, you're uh, making it sound better you're 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 i i have that unfortunate yeah, um, i just i don't know it doesn't it doesn't it's not compelling to me i feel like uh, it i makes, love it, it, it i don't know <laughs> I, I would love it because that would be that would be perfect because i i guess just just seeing the backstage vignettes that the dark order does and kind of the goofiness around them what you just said would totally fit because you would have John Silver and, and some of those guys being like, what do you want us to do, boss? And he'd be like, I don't know. What do you guys normally do? Whatever you tell yeah, us. What, <laughs> whatever you tell us. You know, it's just, it, that would be perfect oh, okay. to me. <laughs> you, you want me to make it even better then? Then he's just like, well, let's drink. And yeah. they all just get shit-faced before their matches there and they come out drunk and, and, you know, wobbling around yeah. in the ring. I love it. I go. love I just, it. I just made you an even better booking. You're even welcome. better. Even better. All right. Adam that, That's for our Georgia and Florida listeners. There you go. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, that, that went on a little further than I thought. So uh, a couple more to wrap things up. So it's looking more and more. So last, last year, WrestleMania was two nights. We did not have an NXT show for WrestleMania, and it's looking like that's probably not going to happen this year as well. Are you for or against NXT not having a takeover WrestleMania weekend? I'm against it because if you're not going to include them in WrestleMania as the third brand, even though you had them prominently as the third brand up until they couldn't, you know, stay the fuck home and not get COVID outbreaks every other fucking week, um, then you need to have them have their, their takeover. So I don't care if it's make it Friday night, have a Friday night takeover of all of the big, you know, mania level matches for NXT. And then you have the, the two nights of mania. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, do you think they do a Hall of Fame this year? Because that that, that got pushed off. I know. feel like they have to. Like, I don't know. Like, I, at this point, there's really no reason not to because you you can have just the roster guys in attendance like you used to back before they decided to, to right. fucking use it as a way to get money. Like, I, I miss the miss the years when it was just the the actual like staff and talent there before you had all of these fucking marks in there 
merch stand shit not dressed nicely for a fucking hall of fame event like yeah it just it, it feels like it's gotten it way too from, yeah carny and trashy for me so i feel like they they this would be the perfect time for them to go back to that old like respectful only those who did like matter for this event should be here which would be the talent respecting the hall of famers yeah. you don't need the fans there like it, it doesn't do anything except for make vince some some cheap money right and especially when you have fans running out and tackling Bret Hart on exactly. stage. You know, that, that's so. a whole other reason why they should eliminate having fans there. Right, yeah. All right. Uh, and then, you know, NXT had a, a couple of call-ups. Call it's looking like, uh, you know, they played a couple of vignettes on Raw. Rhea Ripley is going to be joining the main roster on the Raw brand for or against I this is another one where I'm on the fence. I'm for it if they use her properly mm-hmm. and she doesn't get lost in the NXT mid-card call-up. Um, uh, otherwise, I'm against it because their track record with NXT guys and, and girls is so not even 50-50. It's almost like 25-75 at this point that I, I, I can't get behind it. And you can't use guys who who went from NXT and now are finally making okay, something of themselves on. five years later. I'm talking like... Who, who are the relevant names in the female roster right now? Relevant names? Bailey. Okay, again, you can't use... Sasha. Bailey used for the, until she went heel. Bailey, Sasha, Nia, Asuka is the Raw, WWE, the Raw Women's Champion. Um, then you got Bianca Belair... All so so riddle me Charlotte, that man. Charlotte, Nate, Nate. I want you to name that many women on the roster who were the, who weren't NXT call ups, who weren't and NXT. are in are are main main things and not just you know throwaways. So pretty much, you're asking for the women that were not really a part of NXT. Yeah, I'm talking about women who were not. Lacey Evans NXT. really wasn't a part of NXT. Um, oh shit. She really no. She wasn't. She she had a couple of matches on NXT, but she wasn't a she wasn't a player on NXT at all. She 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 had a, a few mat like I I first saw her on NXT, but she had a couple of matches. She was not a, a weekly part of their television show. Um, but no, I mean pretty much all of them have come through. Dana Brooke didn't really have that much of a a run in NXT. She started there, but she wasn't like a huge mainstay. But no, you're right. Brooke pretty much every a main star now. Though. Pre, pretty much every woman on on WWE television right now is from NXT. But there's also a lot more turnover on the women's roster than there is the men's roster. You know, they they don't the the, the career longevity isn't isn't there. Right? Look at Becky Lynch. Right? She went off to have a family. You know that that's 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 just kind of the, you know the unfortunate. I, I'd say Naomi would really be the only one that uh, Naomi and and uh, Natalia. Now Natalia did some work in NXT, but she was an established star before she went to do that. Tamina um, was not NXT, but really just those three that I can that really come to mind that didn't actually go through it. But again, the women is a little bit different. So I'm 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 just gonna say this uh, according to Wikipedia. Lacey Evans was NXT from 2016 to 2019. But she wasn't a... She might have had a one-off match here and there. She didn't have a, a run. She wasn't a star in NXT. Like, she didn't have a name in NXT. She was basically just there. I mean, by that logic, then Alexa Bliss would be in that, too, because no, she, I would, was, I would put she wasn't a that. major, like, NXT No, Ale- Alexa star. Bliss is the exception to the rule. She, well, 
see, that's the thing. Alexa Bliss was an NXT star. She just wasn't a wrestler. She was a she was a valet. She was a manager. Yeah. She had a prominent speaking role. She was a prominent character. Lacey Evans didn't even have that. Like, it's not like she was a valet. It's not like she was that. She was like the Santana Garrett. She would have a match now and again. But that was it. It was almost like Braun Strowman. Like he had one or two matches, and all of a sudden he was on the main roster. It was the same with Lacey Evans. She might have been at the Performance Center and been a part of the NXT roster, but they really didn't use her. She had a, a couple of matches here and there, and that was it. And then she was then she just all of a sudden showed up on the main roster. She's had more. I mean, she had more exposure on the main roster than she ever did on NXT. But that still doesn't prove anything against what I'm saying because. I know the names you've you've mentioned. So let's let's just go with Sasha and Bailey. How long did it take for them to really find their footing on the main roster and get booked in a way that was compelling and people gave a shit about? Because I'll tell you say, right now, Bailey especially, people turned on her pretty quick until she went heel. Yeah, for Bailey, yeah, I would say Sasha found her way pretty much right away. She's always been in the title picture or at the top of the card in the women's Being division for the most in part. In the title picture and used properly are two different things, though, because no, gotcha, aside but... from like a few big matches, they didn't do shit to try to like sell her as a character. It was just, oh, she was really talented in NXT, like her. No, uh, I, so like, well, and, and you could I, almost say the same thing for the whole women's division. Like they've they've really done a better job of revamping it, letting them them be characters and stuff like that. That's a, that's a completely different debate. But regardless, so going back to Rhea Ripley, I'm against it only for this reason. I I I think she, if she's coming up to the main roster, I think she should be as far away from Charlotte Flair as possible. Put her on SmackDown. I I really think that. Uh, I, I don't know. I look at those two as almost the same person, and I, I think I mean, they're built, they're built very similar. They're exactly, very, tall, I, I, very very muscular, very yeah. kind of like physical. So, like, well, I, and, I and if you look if you look at her in NXT when she first came up, like she was almost a carbon copy of Charlotte. Oh Flair. Yeah. she had the Before long she did the goth thing. And, yeah, yeah. So I, I I just think that those two should be separated. I'm all for. Rhea being a part of the main roster, I think she deserves it. I think she honestly should have been there a year ago, and she probably would be if it wasn't for COVID and and stuff like that. But if, if, if it wasn't for them putting the fucking NXT title on on uh, Flair, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was just a weird setup. But yeah, so overall, you know, I I'm all for it. I just think she should be opposite Charlotte Flair. If Flair's on See, SmackDown, I'm, I'm, put her I'm on opposite. Raw. I feel like Charlotte's if they can have a good match full, though. If it wasn't for the fact that Charlotte seems to have this mentality that she deserves to be on top more than anybody else, and like in her negotiations she uses that, I would I would say they are a great setup to strap the rocket to Rhea. You have her show up, and whether she screws over Charlotte or something, or something happens where you you get those two going at it again they have a mania match this time Rhea wins and goes over and now you've propelled her because she beat not only the person who beat her for the nxt title but also one of the top women on raw yeah i hear you i hear you and and you know hopefully that they they do do something like that but i'm i i am kind of all I'm, I'm excited for Rhea ripley to be there i, I just i don't know i think i think i i would have would have 
like to see her on the SmackDown roster. Maybe it's just because SmackDown's a better show, so I'd rather her go somewhere. Where yeah, that that I get because SmackDown is yeah better. But better at the same time, you got Bianca over there doing her thing, so maybe they're afraid that that would step a little bit on Bianca's yeah. momentum. So I, guess I, I feel like you'd waste Rhea at that point because yeah. you can't take away things from Bianca. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you, you had her go in as fucking number two or three or whatever, and she fucking won the Royal Rumble. You can't be like, and now we have Rhea Ripley. Ripley yeah. and, and she tried threw to... out Ripley to win. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So then it just it creates like a whole thing. So All I feel right. like Raw is the better. Well, player. I just debunked my entire argument. So <laughs> there we go. All right. Last one that I have is a long title run for The Miz. Are you for or against? I am fucking for it. Me too. I know it's not going to happen, but I am all in on it. Like, Miz is one of the most talented guys that WWE has had in the past decade who has continually been entertaining, has been great in the ring. Yeah, he's not doing flips and shit. He's not doing crazy-ass spots, but he is proof that you don't need to fucking do that shit to tell a good story and have an incredible match. So... Keep him until for till fucking next mania, but yeah. I know that's not going to happen. So nah. I'm gonna get my hopes up. Yeah, me too. I know it's not going to happen, and it, it's just kind of funny to me. You know, he he's such a compelling character, right? He's the type of guy that you love to hate, and you know you you know he he does such a good job of getting heat with people. You know, to to, to this point, right? So I went I went to Fast Lane and was it 2018? It was in Cleveland, Ohio. Right, took my daughter. Really good seats. I bought the the Miz's awesome shirt, the Cleveland, and my daughter's like, "Why did you buy that shirt? I can't believe you bought a Miz shirt." She hated the Miz, hated the Miz, right? To the point, hated him so much that when Shane turned on him and started beating his ass, so you got the Miz, who is from Cleveland, wearing Cleveland Browns gear, getting his ass kicked in front of his home crowd, and everybody is booing Shane except for one. 11-year-old girl sitting next to me cheering her head off because The Miz was getting his ass kicked. So, I mean, he's just that type of character, right? When he won the title 10 years ago, you had Angry Miz Girl, right? You had that girl that just had that, like, scowl look on her face because she was so mad. Oh, my God, you should have took a picture of your of your yeah. daughter at that point and made a meme out of it. Happy Miz Girl. Happy Miz Girl, right? <laughs> So, you know, he just he's that that compelling of a character to where, you know, people either love him or hate him. But, you know, as I said before, you have to respect what he's done. It, you know, it's just yeah. the career that the guy's made for himself and his work ethic is second to none. I mean, the guy does podcast after podcast. He's on, you know, show after show. He does media events. He does a fucking reality TV show with his family. And then at the same time, he still goes home and he's a dad to his kids and he's, you know, a, a husband and, and all that. So, I mean, you can't argue with what the guy's accomplished and, and everything that he's doing. So, I, I you know, I, I think he deserves you know when you when you hear the crowd chant you deserve it there there are some people that really do and he is the yeah. he's a guy that in in my opinion does and, and and not everybody shares that opinion i mean there's people on social media is like oh he's such a weak champion blah 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 well to kevin's point he's a cocksucker heel right he's that chicken shit heel he's that you know and that that's his role that he's playing right now he's going up against guys that are twice his size so he has to be that kind of weak guy that's still going to find a way to 
you know, I would love for them to book a fatal four way or even that ladder match idea that you had and have him somehow come out on top because he's oh, yeah. the he's the Miz and he's awesome. You know, in this match full of giants, he he comes out he comes out the winner. I feel like that would be a great way to kick off like night one of Mania. You have six man ladder match, world championship, you got Miz, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, uh maybe I don't, I don't fucking know. Can't have Randy Orton because he's busy with the Fiend. Right. A few other Sheamus. that you know. Yeah, throw Sheamus uh, in there. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. There you go. Uh, Keith like, Lee. All these talented guys. And you can still make it so like something happens, Miz wins. And it doesn't take anything away from anyone else in the match. But you still got them on Mania in an elevated spot where they get to showcase how talented they are and how great they are at telling stories. And it helps everyone. But you get to keep Miz as champion versus just feeding him to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, and, and I think, too, in this match on Monday night, I, I imagine that it's going to look like Lashley's going to win until McIntyre comes flying in with a Claymore. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's it, something like that I think is going to happen. I, I don't think Miz is going to drop it right away. Maybe you're right and it happens at Fastlane, but, you know, it'd be great if he carried it into Mania. I want to revive that Hate Me Now video from his, uh, his Cena match. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do you got anything for us? And you, you said you had a four against. You got one. I, I have. I have one, and that is uh, that is Kevin being a cocksucker co-host who talks shit but then doesn't show up for work. Uh, for or against? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of weird. I, I guess I gotta say it's for it because it entertains me when he talks shit. So I, I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> oh, that's reasonable. I, I can respect that. <laughs> I was really thinking he would pop in at some point in time, but apparently he didn't. Maybe yeah. he maybe he was too less sleepy when he got home and he passed out. Yeah, he I, I, he, I didn't think he was gonna pop in. Yeah, I'll say it. Maybe he'll be that guy. Maybe he meant eleven your time in Arizona when he was gonna. Yeah, maybe get he, home. he was he was he got his time zones mixed up and he's like, oh man, I'm gonna be on in like three hours, guys. Um, uh, the time zone co-host. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we're not going to get the pop in, and you know he's a big Seinfeld guy too, so I thought he would enjoy enjoy the pop in, right? but he apparently he apparently did not take me up on it. So no yeah, pop in. He didn't do the pop in. He didn't walk out on a high spot. Like he's. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great if he would have done the pop in. He could have just chimed in for like thirty seconds and and just said cut like a little promo on us and then walked out. I mean, that would have been perfect. Yeah, that would have been. It would have been a Costanza thing. It would have been great. Yeah, it would have been. Or even if he would have popped in for like three seconds and went Costanza and it's fucking peace <laughs> out. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. Speaking of Seinfeld and, and tying into wrestling, uh, Big E apparently on their podcast because uh, they do theirs via like Zoom or Skype or whatever, and he had the Costanza mug of him posed for the picture. With oh, his, the, yeah. the painting. <laughs> they were talking about that the other day, and he was like prominently trying to like show the mug on the camera and stuff. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and close this out. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. As I said before, at the top of the hour, you can find us on our socials at Live Your Gimmick, which is spelled at L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. That's also on Instagram and Twitter. 
but Twitter mostly. So if you want my attention, tweet at us because that's where I check it most of the time. Uh, we did get a nice follow from Justin Incredible. So yeah, hey, hey, Justin, welcome to the. Uh, you're you're now a gimmick minute best friend. You just didn't know it. So um, yeah, there's a shirt you can buy to represent that. Just yeah. Tboke.com. So <laughs> search gimmick minute. There you go. There you go. All right. What else you got? Uh, what do you got on tap? What's coming up on Modern Toy Fair there, Michael? Uh, same thing we got every week, Jason. We've got the news on Fridays with me and my YouTube wife, Jamar underscore games from Why Are You a Gamer. We talk about all the wonderful news in the toy world. And then on Mondays and Wednesdays, I drop different reviews of action figures I have picked up because I have an addiction to plastic and I spend all of my money. So if you want to help me recoup some of that money, you can go to tblog.com like we just talked about, <laughs> search Gimmick Minute, Modern Toy Fair, or Why Are You a Gamer, and it'll bring up shirts of our logos. And if you don't like those, click the little blue link for Vault of Personality Comics, and it takes you to my store, where I have tons of other shirts that have nothing to do with any of our podcasts and are just you know different things that I like in pop culture from DC, Marvel, and Star Wars, and so on. So please give me your money. I desperately need it. Yeah, Mike's, Michael's got some pretty funny shirts on there, too, so I definitely want you guys to go check them out. I bought a couple of them, uh, not just because he's my friend and my co-host, but because they, they're entertaining shirts. Like, uh, my favorite was the, he, uh, you know, if you're a Turtles fan, he made one called the Bebop and Rocksteady Knuckle Sandwich, uh, t- uh, Knuckle Sandwich Shop Shop. Freaking awesome design and just the concept of it, I thought was great. And then, uh, did you did you po- did you end up putting that one where uh, the the imposter was the president? Yes, I do. Okay. I do have the, the, the <laughs> Among Us imposter was the president shirt. That one that one made me chuckle. I didn't buy that one yet, but that one made me chuckle. So you know, there, there's some really good stuff on there. So definitely go check that out. So um, thank you guys again. You know, make sure that you are if you're not subscribing already, click the subscribe button. Please share us with your friends. Try and get as many listeners on our show as possible. Uh, you know, definitely interact with us. Give us some tweets. We we love the attention. We love to interact with fans. So you know, please uh, please don't be shy. Uh, you know, hit us up at Live Your Gimmick. So uh, for Michael this week, no Kevin. I am Jason. Reminding all you smarts out there to be a fan and always always live your gimmick. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Kevin sucks. <laughs>